Are you recording? I'm not saying it. <laughs> you were trying to get it again. I was again, trying to you? get it again. <laughs> Once is enough. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to our weekly discussion podcast. I am Pastor Kyle. And I'm Pastor Holly. And today, we have another psalm that we're looking at. We're excited about this psalm. We say, always say we're excited about the psalm. We love the scripture. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. And this psalm is, uh, it's it's actually really fun because it's it's a psalm that is part of a larger group of psalms, actually seven different psalms, Mm -hmm. that all essentially say the same message. They're called the enthronement psalms. That's kind of a, uh, that's a big name. It it's feels a, like a really important, the enthronement psalms. The enthronement. Yeah, you got, yeah, it could be like a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's a ser- you have at least seven movies in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Lord of the Rings. It's like Lord of the Rings yeah. or Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. We just made that connection. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Uh-huh. But these are, uh, it's a really fun. So we, we were kind of joking a bit earlier that, uh, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of repetition of a particular theme in these different psalms, yeah. and they're all about. So, well, this psalm, Psalm 97, in verse one, starts right away, and it says, "The Lord is King; let the earth rejoice." So, it's pretty clear right from the beginning what this is about. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It, I mean, it, no punches pulled here, right? This right. is just the Lord is King, and then we're gonna go from there. And then we're gonna go yeah. from there. And in fact, there's another cool kind of connection here. If you have grown up in the church at all, you know the song "I Exalt Thee." Yeah, we get that song from this psalm, right? Yeah, and right. it's it's really fun. We were, we were kind of joking. I, we think uh, Michael W. Smith wrote that. We probably should have looked that up before we started recording. Pro, is this where we say we do not own the rights? Yeah, we do not. Yeah, <laughs> I think you should sing it, and then I we'll should. copyright <laughs> things. Yeah, <laughs> I think everyone of our generation hears worship songs and thinks, you know what? I'll bet Michael W. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so true because he probably did. He probably he's did. got a choir in the background. Yeah, playing his EP piano. Amazing keys. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. great. Yeah, thank you, Michael W. Smith, for the generation of worship music. Yes, we 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 appreciate it. Yeah, we still sing it. We yeah. still do. So the other thing that's really fun, I'm going to read a little bit of this, but uh, the language in this psalm is really amazing. So what it's doing is trying to you know remind its readers to put the Lord on the throne. Um, But it uses some really cool language to help us try to do that. So I'll just read the first half of the psalm. It says, The Lord is king. Let the earth rejoice. Let the furthest coastlands be clad. Dark clouds surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire spreads ahead of him and burns up all his foes. His lightning flashes out across the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. Heavens proclaim his righteousness. Every nation sees his glory. And that's just the first half. It's kind of epic. Yeah, it's yeah. epic. I mean, yeah. back to the movie thing. but <laughs> Right, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's big language and it is majestic and magnificent and such imagery mm-hmm. of this greatness yes. of God. Yeah. yeah. You know, we said last couple of weeks that one of the things that the Psalms do really well is that they use, just like you're saying, Pastor Holly, these... Um, these words and images and ideas that grip your imagination yeah. they try to help you uh, enter into this understanding of God that God that goes beyond yourself, maybe even beyond your own, you know, um, your own experience of the world. Right. We've never experienced a mountain melting. Right. Right. Yeah. But that, but that's the image that that the psalmist uses here, and right. so it's really cool in that it tries to help 
Psalm, the Psalms in general, but the, I mean, some of these in particular help us try to enter into this larger uh, story yeah. uh, where we, we enthrone God in his rightful place. Yes. It's what, it's what beauty does. Yes. Right. It's 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 what we experience when we're in nature and we see something incredibly beautiful that's beyond us and or or the experience of art or music. It's not necessarily something that we can explain in 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 academic or intellectual terms, but we just know that we are experiencing we're in the presence of something greater yes. uh, than than we are. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, so I, that's this is a not only it's a key theme in the Psalms, but it's a, a really key theme in this in in this Psalm and in this set of Psalms. The idea of enthronement of God is so important. And so, one of the things that, I mean, one of the things we're pressing into this week as we talk about it, whether it be the, the devotion or the sermon, the podcast here is, we really feel like this begs a difficult question for us. Yeah. And uh, and, and then the Psalm actually helps us. Uh, with this this question, which is, what is enthroned in our lives? Mm. And I think that question has been made more difficult over this very divisive and difficult season of time yeah. that we've been living in. Yeah. Uh, we were talking a little bit uh, before this, but we want to acknowledge that, you know, there's lots of things that um, culturally, politically, are have been so divisive for us. Mm-hmm. It's got it's more than just all the things that surround the pandemic. I mean, we're talking about it could be we're more than a couple of years, right? It's yeah. kind of it feels like some of these divisive issues in our culture have been building for some time. Right. But it also kind of feels like it's coming to a head in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh more recently. And so um I think maybe one of the and feel free to tell me what you think, Pastor Holly, but I think one of the things that we I've experienced in general, I'm going to use generalities here, is that because things have gotten so heated, we want to, we've almost slipped away from the enthronement of Jesus in our lives, and that we've kind of gone toward uh, the enthroning of whatever particular position or, uh, you know, or thing that we want to, we want to make a stand for right. in these days. Right. Yes, we've put issues on the throne yes. instead of around the throne. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's been a number of uh, it's a number of different issues, isn't yeah. it? And 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 we might have different opinions or or even deeply held beliefs about yes. them. And, and and that's not to say that uh, that that every belief is the same or is neutral or that there's not right, right or wrong involved in that's different right. things. It is to say that none of those things deserve a throne right. uh, in our lives. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely. There's there's one throne <laughs> that should have one person on this throne, right. and I, and so in general, the psalm is calling us to that, and it's asking us to see beyond our own boxes, right? To see beyond our own perspectives as best we can, to to say, oh wow, I need to see, I need to understand God is so much bigger than all of these other things, right? Um, that that you know are, are we considered to be important? And some of them vitally important. Mm-hmm. It's where where do they compare with God? Right. So this is where the psalm helps us in this because it's got this really cool juxtaposition. Is we're trying to figure out 
where, where and how to place God in our lives and where and how to place other things in our lives, mm-hmm. we come to verse 7. So we just read, the heavens proclaim his righteousness and every nation sees his glory. That's stopped That's 6. And then 7 says this, those who worship idols are disgraced. All who brag about their wor- uh, about their worthless gods, for uh, for every god must bow to him. Mm. And wow. what's amazing about that is that the language that's being used here, these idols, they're disgraced, they're false, they're worthless gods. So yeah. that word worthless god literally means of nothing, having no substance. It's empty, full of weakness. Isn't that a fun kind of part of that meaning yeah. full of weakness it's insignificant and so he uses that word wow and he's he's compa- he's directly comparing it to god almighty the creator and sustainer of all things yeah wow wow so what are we following or who are we following that's not god yeah. so as you were reading that this is what came to mind was this you know this thought that well there are no other gods uh than our god well, there are, but they hold no power except that which we give them, right? And our God, the God of the universe, the Lord is king. God holds all power, yeah. whether we acknowledge it or not, Yes, right? Nothing else can be a God unless we give it that power in our <laughs> lives. Yes. What you're saying is it's so great because it's like we can try to turn things into gods, right. little g. right. But what we're trying to turn into God, little g, is something that also has been created by the God. Yes, right, exactly. And exactly. so there's there's no chance for it to <laughs> ever, you know, uh, be more than than what it is. Just something created. And in terms of that holy role, right. um, it, you know, this psalm uses this word. It it is worthless. It is empty. Uh, it is full of weakness. It's insignificant yes. when it's compared to God. And so that's, I, I'm so thankful that this psalm has that in there. Yes. Because I think sometimes we, if we if we take our eyes off Jesus, these other things, like you just said, begin to grow in significance and we can almost give them that kind of God place in our life. Right. But really they are worthless. They are worthless. And empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as rulers of our lives, yes. Uh, when compared to to God, and so we've got to be able to recognize that. Yeah, yeah. I think this speaks a little bit to our understanding of worship as well, because we understand that we are not to worship any god but the God, mm-hmm. uh, and we would say that we don't. But I think that that limits our understanding of of, of worship, or at least it. Uh, it, it tells us that our understanding of worship is very limited yeah. because it may be true that we do not sing songs of praise to other little G gods. Yes. We might not uh, uh, literally bow down or raise our hands to or yeah. anything like that to these other uh, gods, these worthless, insignificant gods. And so we think we don't worship them. Yeah. But worship is not limited no. right, to singing. Not to at raising all. raising hands. And so if we are giving these little G gods, yeah. undue place in our lives, um, uh, undue attention and undue uh, adoration, regardless of what that action looks like, yeah. then we have idolized them. Yes. And now we have enthroned them. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to take us to Romans 12, verse 1 and yes. 2. Uh, there's two words that are often used for worship. We find both of them in those things. So in the New Testament, there's a couple of words that are often uh, the words that we translate for worship. 
Uh, one's proskuneo. It's the word that we get. Uh, it's the word that's often translated in New Testament as worship. Mm-hmm. It's the word. It's where we get prostrate from. Yes. And it has a couple of elements to it, and it's in its biblical understanding. One is this true worship. Uh, part of it is that we we fall down on our face in the presence of the real God because mm-hmm. we're yes. finite. He's infinite, and we don't have a choice. Right. The other aspect of that is that we do we we do bow down out of obedience, uh, and we are choosing to surrender and submit ourselves yes. to God. And so, worship maybe as worshipers, we could rightly be understood as the falling down ones, right? Oh, yeah, it's really cool. So there's that there's that's part of the understanding of worship. So what are you surrendering to? Right. Um, the other word uh, in there, living sa- is often translated as living sacrifices. And it's the word logi k, and it's a Levitical word, meaning go back to the Old Testament, go back to the temple, and yeah. you have uh, the Levites who are the who are the worship leaders essentially of the Old Testament, and uh, they this word this living sacrifice is really cool because it's a word that means that refers to the way that the Levites organized and patterned everything in their life toward. God, everything they said, everything they wore, all the actions that they took, the way that they interacted with people. And so that is also a way of understanding worship. And so um, worship is this incredible, broad kind of perspective that includes our our response to God when we're in his presence, our choosing to surrender. But the way that we order and pattern our lives is also... Uh, part of the biblical understanding of worship. And so I'm so glad that you just talked about that because if we take, that's a great way to gauge what am I considering yeah. a God in my life? How am I ordering and patterning my, patterning my life? Right. What's most important? What am I concerned about? What am I talking about? How am I treating other people? And then what am I bowing down to? Yes. Oh, uh, that's so good. So not only what am I bowing down to when I am, having a, a, a moment of being overwhelmed or being in awe, although yeah. that is part of it. That's the first definition is is being just in awe of the yeah. presence of yes. God and bowing before him in that sense of, of uh, overwhelm in a positive way and also in a sense of submission and obedience. Yes. But it's not only that. It's, it's not, not that. it doesn't only affect our, our emotional response right. uh, per se, but, but also... What is our daily life yeah, like? That's right. I love that. How do you order your life? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a great way. It's a very practical, maybe a, uh, that's the helpful piece here is that it's a very practical way to say, if, if I were going to sit down and, I don't know, maybe write down w- what I'm doing every day, if, yeah. you, if you can keep a journal of the things that you think about and maybe even what you're reading or listening to, uh, you know, we can be intentional about the patterns in our life or or we can let you know we can let we can just let that happen sometimes yep. but if you have that opportunity if you're able to kind of take a look at your life and say okay what is it that's enthroned in my life if i'm not if i'm not actively choosing here what right. what am i enthroning by the way that i live right um what's of most concern to me mm-hmm. and if you if you can do that maybe we can start to be uh, ask that good, honest, reflective question, a spiritual formation question that might require of us to have a little bit of a reorientation. Yes. Which I think for all of us, I, th- I just think, I'm going to overgeneralize here, but I think for, for many of us in these in these last several 
years, we we need some reorientation back to the enthronement of God. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And we may find when we take inventory of our lives like that, that we may find that we have been unintentional and that there is something uh, being enthroned in our lives that we haven't even realized because we're kind of just letting life happen to us yeah. and not being intentional about it, which is, which I think if we find that, I think the Spirit will lovingly convict us of wasting our time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we could also find, um, and maybe this is many of us today, that there is an intentionality, but it's the wrong thing that we're yes. enthroning. It may be a good thing. There may be a yeah. uh, a a cause or a sense of uh, a particular sense of justice, a particular sense of of doing a good work um, or pursuing a good thing. But if it's not God, uh, then it shouldn't be enthroned. Right. So yes. so to order our lives, I think, would be to enthrone God and then allow him to order those other things uh, around his throne. Yes, absolutely. And we just want to continue to acknowledge the difficulty of that in this season because yes. things are so heated. Yeah. Uh, you know, arguments and discussions, even even within friend groups and yeah. family groups, you know, what, what you think about wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, right. what yeah. you think about the vaccines, what you think about yes. anything in the political arena. I mean, right. it gets so heated. And the discussions that I've had with people, even close friends and family members, uh, it just, things seem to be so much more important um, right. in these days where it's 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 always either or. That can be consuming to your yes. to your heart and mind and the way that you live. Yeah. And, uh, and I think what this psalm is calling us to is to try to put all of that in the context of, of the, the enthronement of God and, and asking, am I, put, am I too, putting too much emphasis on those things? Right. Are those things consuming my life and yeah. my heart? Right. Yeah. And it's not to say uh, that we are to ignore matters right. going on around nope, not us. not saying that. Uh, we are not, you know, there's a um, little phrase sometimes that I hear from time to time that sometimes we are so heavenly minded, we're of no, earthly, no earthly good, good yeah. right? Uh-huh. We are to be of earthly good. We are we are to, amb- to be ambassadors of light and to take loving action on behalf of others. We're to do those things. Uh, so it's, that's not to say that we ignore uh, suffering or pain or or matters of justice or any of that. No, we're to be right. actively involved in loving the world around us yes. uh, and bringing the the good news of Jesus wherever we go. But we have to enthrone God. Yeah, that's right. In, in that in that way, it and cannot be the uh, the cause for which we are working will be meaningless. Will be worthless yeah. if it's not uh, ordered with Jesus. Uh, on the throne. With Jesus on the throne. In fact, I'd like to read, uh, you you just said that so well. I'd like to read a little bit from Jeremiah, uh, but from the message version, because I love what it says here um, when we're thinking about those kinds of things that we're enthroning. It says this, uh, all this is nothing compared to you, O God. You are wondrously great, famously great. Who can fail to be impressed by you, King of the nations? It's your very nature to be worshiped. Look far and wide among the elite of the nations. The best that they can come up with is nothing compared to you. Then it says, stupidly, they line them up, a lineup of sticks, good for nothing but making smoke, <laughs> gilded with silver foil from Tarshish, covered with gold from, from Upaz, uh, hung with violet and purple fabrics. No matter how fancy the sticks, they're still sticks. <laughs> but God is the real thing, the living God, the eternal king. 
Isn't that awesome? I, that is like, I would have put that on a bumper sticker or something. <laughs> no matter how fancy the sticks, they're still they're still sticks. sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good for Great. making smoke. It's kindling. Right? Yeah. Really, it's kindling. All it is. Yeah. It's just going to burn wow. up. So, I mean, we don't have to continue to belabor the point. I think that we've made the point here that this psalm is calling us to this deep reflective question of what is being enthroned in our life. Yes. We're recognizing that that's a difficult question in the midst of the importance that um, issues have taken in our culture and in our lives right. lately. And so we know it, this is tough work, but this is what Scripture calls us to. How are, Absolutely. How are you enthroning God in your life? That needs to be your priority. And then we need to order our lives out of that. How are we living out the love for other people and love for God and the actions that we take by enthroning God. Absolutely. And that's very practical implications too, because when we are enthroning God, then all of those other things that we may work for or may may be important to us yeah. will, um, will the enthroning God will then make us very teachable. Yes. Uh, it means yes. that we're not going to be rigid. We're not going to to stake a claim that may end up being wrong and that we are then tied to somehow because our our loyalties if you will are to god not to anything else yeah so it makes us very teachable and um and and it also then provides the the energy the strength to keep going if if our (laughs) if our cause or our uh belief or whatever it is our philosophy is what is enthroned uh we will burn out yes. because it does not provide strength. No, it doesn't. And we we are coming to the end of our time. So um, I'll just mention this. If you want to hear a little bit more about this, go listen to the weekly message. Yes. Uh, but the, the great part, uh, the way that this psalm ends is God tells in this psalm what he's going to do for the people who enthrone him, mm-hmm. who love him, for those who love him and hate evil, it says. Right. Uh, right. It's really cool. But he, he promises protection. He promises to rescue from from the wicked. He promise, promises to give his light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he promises to give joy and happiness. Yes. Hey, those are good things. Those are all amazing things. And that comes from the enthronement of God, yeah. patterning our lives, just like you said. He's going to give us what we need to sustain that. And I'm so thankful for that because we've got all these other things that constantly pull us to the left and yes. to the right. right. We have a, a faithful and loving God. He's so good to us. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Well, hopefully this was encouraging to you. Uh, we love you all. Uh, join us on Sundays at 9 and 1030 for uh, either in person or online for uh, services at Crossview. And okay, bye. Bye.